Good. Well, uh, the message time today is really kind of like one long, extended infomercial, all right? <laughs> so you know the kind. Um, you know, we're not ashamed to admit it, but sometimes those infomercials are compelling enough to keep our interest in who knows, maybe one day you need a Ginsu knife, right, to cut through a tin can and your pineapples, you know, on the same day, or a thigh master or bow flex or shake weights, right, yeah. to get in shape, or the slap chop to, uh, to dice in your vegetables, and all of us need Snuggies, right, <laughs> right? Has anyone ever bought something off of an infomercial? Just be honest. Anybody? There you go. Yeah, see, there you go. Good stuff, right? So, so the message time is really like one long extended infomercial today, and we endure watching these infomercials, and sometimes we're compelled to buy something that we really don't need, or we have this ambition to use it, but then we never do, like the slop chop is somewhere in the kitchen cabinet, you know, whatever. Uh, but this, this is where the message isn't like an infomercial. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of ministries today. But honestly, all of them we stand behind with an unlimited lifetime warranty, okay? Uh, if you invest in any one of these word-based ministries, we can guarantee that God will use any one of them or maybe even all of them to shape and mold you into the image that we're all called to be conformed into, which is the very image of Christ. So many things in this world um, come to us, uh, but not as advertised, you know? So many things fail to deliver on what they've been promised to do, and God's Word is not one of those things. In fact, it's the only thing in this world that will not return void. It will always accomplish what it was sent out to do. So the prophet Isaiah was led to write this, For as the rain and the snow come from the heavens and do not return there, but water the earth, they come down and they do their work, making it bring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word will come to us through the ministries and it will accomplish all that it was sent out to do. And so we want to tell you long, extended infomercial about how you can get access to these word-based ministries today with our message time. So let the infomercial start now. Alrighty? Here we go. Let's talk about corporate worship. We are called not to forsake this gathering. This is a weekly touch point for all of us with God and with his people. The corporate worship gathering is critical for our growth in Christ. And I shared this with the ladies yesterday. Many of you know that we had a ladies kind of mini retreat yesterday. And we had a wonderful time in God's word and encouraging one another with it and what we learned there. One of the things I said was from British theologian John Stott. He said this, an unchurched Christian is a grotesque anomaly. Like, oh my goodness. Like, that's a, that's a strong statement, right? A unchurched Christian is a grotesque anomaly. Nobody wants to be defined by the words grotesque anomaly. 
You know, if that's who you are, that's not good. But honestly, that's up to you whether or not you will be a grotesque anomaly or not, whether or not you make this time important on a weekly basis. Make this time here, this corporate worship gathering, the priority of your week. That's going to be a mind shift for a lot of us, but make this the priority. I need to be there. And I'm not saying that for my benefit because I have to be here, right? So I might, if I have to be here, then you ought to be here. That's not, that's not why I'm saying it at all, right? I'm not saying this at all for my benefit. I'm saying it for yours. And as one who has to give an account for your soul, I'm saying to all of you here right now, make your attendance at this gathering be of utmost importance to you. And when you're here, treat this time as if it is the most important thing that you do in your week. This is the, think about this, this is the, this right here is the gathering of the assembly of the called out ones of Christ. We collectively together are the body of Christ where his very hands and feet to one another and to a watching world. We have to take this time very seriously. And we need to engage with God and with one another when we are here with solemn, reverent, joy-filled seriousness. When we gather, we engage. I want to say that again. When we gather here, we need to be engaged. Think about this. As you come in, you're greeted. And you should do the work of greeting one another. This is a place where we all belong We're all longing for that sense. Where do I belong? This can be that place where you belong as a member of the body of Christ. So get here. Get here early and intentionally interact with one another. Don't just rush in in a late, isolated panic, right? Come in with your eyes wide open and ask the Spirit of God to direct you to people that need a dose of your attention, That's how important you are here. Not me, not just our leadership team, but you are. They need a dose of your attention. When we gather, we need to engage. And it starts with you getting here to the building, even on time. Whether you believe this or not, your attention is needed by the rest of us here at the gathering. No one here is unimportant. No one here is just a bump on the log. You aren't just here to fill a seat. You are priests And priestesses of the living God, every one of us here who's truly born again, are indwelt by the very Spirit of God. And you are empowered and you're gifted by the Spirit of God for the common good of everyone else that gathers here. So engage with one another with intentional acts of Christian fellowship when you get here. I love this. I sometimes I say this to people. I think the good health, to diagnose whether or not a church is healthy or not, is how early do people get there, and how late do people stay? You know? Like, yeah, you could have a thousand people in your service, but if if everybody's here right at the stroke, right, and then leaves right when the clock dings, like, that's not a good way to evaluate a church if there's a thousand people there. We care about whether or not there's fellowship, intentional acts of Christian fellowship that take place before and after the service. I love seeing this. I love seeing people talking and chatting and catching up. And my pastoral heart is thrilled when I see people place their hands on one another. 
And they close their eyes and they bow their heads and they pray for one another in an unsolicited manner. You aren't doing it because anyone told you to do it. You're doing it because there's a vital and a present need in the life of your brother or sister that needs to be addressed to our Father together. And so you pray right then and there. I love it. I love it. I love seeing it. That is the sign of a healthy church. That's the sign of a healthy body, bearing one another's burdens before the service even starts. So even before the service even starts, nothing has even happened yet from a programmatic standpoint, but ministry is taking place. And just because you came in early and you asked God to direct your steps led to God being glorified. That's how important each one of us is here to the community. The festivities haven't even begun yet, but every member is ministering to one another as we greet one another. And for that reason alone, the importance of your attendance at these weekly gatherings needs to be elevated in your mind. We are all participants. We are all actively engaged when we come here. Does that make sense? So, and then the festivities do start in corporate worship, right? We mutually encourage one another with the way that we sing truth-filled songs to one another and to our God and about our God. We do this with enthusiasm. We do it with vigor. We do it with gestures and facial expressions that give weight to our words because our God is worthy of our zeal-filled praise. It's not about the outward show, but it's like when I say, right, I stand to lift up my hands Right? I want to do that. I want to, I want to make sure that my, my, my body is matching my words. When I say, glory, take my life and let it be all for you, that means none of me, all for you. And that takes a great act of my will. And I do that with zeal and vigor. And I have to kind of like get my body and my mind right to say these types of things. But our God is worthy of that type of praise, not for the show, but so that we can get our souls on board with what he wants to do. And then we turn our attention to God's voice as he speaks to us through the faithful preaching of this word. Really, all week long, whoever's behind this pulpit by Sunday morning has been laboring all week long, sometimes even for weeks to prepare to be used as God's mouthpiece as this word is rightly divided and then powerfully preached. So we want to give our attention to God. What are you saying to us from this book? Not just from the personality that's in the pulpit, but from this book. Let me hear from you, God. And I'm super excited about this. October 8th, we're starting a brand new sermon series here at Faith Community Church, and we're going to be going through the Gospel of Mark. And it's going to be powerful. I literally just read through the gospel of Mark again this morning and I'm just amazed at some of these things right and just my mind is swimming with everything I'm learning here and I can't wait to open up that word with you starting on October 8th there's also opportunities to discreetly give our tithes and our offerings some of you have wondered about this and asked about this you know why don't you set aside a time in your service to you know collect an offering or to give right And we don't set aside a time in our gathering to give, but you can still give, and your giving can be between you and the Lord and the offering boxes located in the back of the sanctuary and in the gym, right? Or, of course, you can give online as well. It's part of our Christian worship. Giving is, 
And as we give, we're instructed to not let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus instructed his followers to give in secret. So this can be a very personal time of just you and Jesus as you drop that offering in discreetly back there or online as part of your Christian worship. And so we have small, unassuming boxes where you can worship the Lord in a discreet manner and give as part of our Christian fellowship. This gathering, corporate worship, is the engine that drives the whole mechanism of FCC. We have to make sure that this gathering, that we're getting it right. We must all, young and old, find a connection, not with just some segment ministry that's very important, but just a segment ministry of the church, but to this gathering, at this time slot, in this building, for God's glory and for our good. Don't neglect the gift that has been given to you and to all of us here to meet regularly as a little outpost of the greater heavenly kingdom here at 586 Birch Bay Linden Road. This time is important. And another vital ministry that takes place on Sundays occurs one hour before this gathering, and it's what we call the equipping hour, or faith university. The intentionality behind equipping hour is not that it just be another Bible study. There's nothing wrong with Bible study, but the subject's that we select to talk about and study in our equipping hour or faith university like we like to call it are carefully and intentionally selected and chosen and taught in such a way as to equip you to be an effective lifelong learner, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Think about this. Since its inception, since the inception of equipping hour or faith university like we like to call it, we've talked about conflict and peacemaking how to cultivate godly emotions in our lives and kill ungodly ones. We studied bibliology. How do we get the Bible in the first place? Garrett Camp taught a great series on basic discipleship and heavenly rewards. Pastor Danny and pastoral intern Shane Hampshire most recently taught on apologetics. These are insanely practical topics. And if understood and applied, they can help equip you to be a disciple who makes and matures disciples. And that's why FCC exists in the first place. So I can't stress this enough, the importance of coming to equipping hour. I know it's 9 o'clock, I know it's early, but we think it's that important that you come to it. And so this semester we're going to be studying the scriptures and trying to cultivate a healthy fear of the Lord. You know, fear of the Lord, massive topic. Devotional piety or is it dreadful punishment? What is it? One of the most incriminating comments that the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Rome was the quotation from Psalm 36.1, which states, There is no fear of God before their eyes. Fearing God is not optional. In fact, Solomon said the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. So anyone who names the God of the Bible as their God must cultivate a healthy fear of him. And so this semester we're going to search the scriptures and we're going to learn what we can about this massive and dominant theme in the scriptures. Do you know that the, the, the phrase do not fear is in the scriptures more than 300 times? More than follow me, more than pray, more than, it's do not fear. We got to get a grip on this fear thing. So, that's practical, insanely practical for how we live our lives. So, 
Um, and following that, just a little teaser, Garrett Camp is going to cover some general topics on Christian living for a seven-week stretch at some point, too, either in December or January through February and March. I'm really excited about sitting under his teaching ministry again. Um, speaking of equipping hour, one of the most primary ways that we can be equipped is something that we introduce to that time slot and probably the most equipping thing that we do as a church. Every third week, we set aside a time for a corporate prayer meeting. Man, are those good or what? We've placed them on the calendar, on the schedule again this year. They're elder-led. We get a chance just to pray for specific needs of people and for our body and the world, all those different types of things. Talk about being equipped to discern what God's will is for us. We need to seek his face through prayer. And so prayer is so vital. We don't want to miss those sessions that are happening every third week for equipping hour. And some of you say, well, what do I do with my kids? Bring them. <laughs> Equip them. If you have a junior high or high school, they're more than welcome to be with us. Even upper elementary school, that's great. That is so good. And if you have littler kids, we have equipping hour for them too. It's called Sunday school. We have George and Janet Bean Blossom and Monica Boss every week caring for the kids in their class each week. It's so good. And for the month of September, our children are also learning how to pray with Melanie Moyer. In our children's church time, going through the Lord's Prayer, it's so vital. And speaking of prayer, we literally have a prayer chapel that's just been remodeled and recommissioned for use later on today. We're going to have a grand opening of the Wayside Chapel. So that, yeah, you can woo-woo that. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) One woo-woo, right? I should have delivered it better. I get it. Toward the end of our potluck, um, we're actually going to gather around the Wayside Chapel for those of you that are able and want to come up there to ask the Lord's blessings on its future. Many of you know that if you've been in Whatcom County for a long time, it's a historic building that's kind of been on the move throughout the county, but it's been on our campus for a while now, and it was in need of repair, and someone from our community that drove by our building day after day a while back noticed that it was getting a little bit run down, and they made a generous donation to help it get back up to shape. And we want to have many of you use this chapel in the future for prayer and for respite. And we hope that many of you can be there later today as we dedicate it. And we're going to take some pictures and send it back to the Linden Tribune so the community can know that it's up and running. There's still some renovations that need to take place on the outside, but the inside is basically done and we're going to recommission it for use. So those are kind of Sunday morning offerings. And then let's talk about some midweek corporate offerings as well. Let's talk about men and women's Bible study. Um, I'm just going to rip through these really quick. We have offerings for women and offerings for men. Uh, The offerings for women take place on Wednesday morning at 9.45. Anna Mae Ferguson going through the book of Acts. Erica Berdan going through the book of Job. Some of you are saying, man, my life is the book of Job. Well, then go to that Bible study. Learn what to do, right? Ruth DeBoer is going to have a little bit of a delayed start. She's going to start on October 4th, and she's going through the book of Isaiah, Wednesday night, there's an offering for men as women as well. They're going to be going through the study called Culture Shock by Chip Ingram. They're going to meet together, men and women, and they're going to split apart for discussion. They're going to watch the video and then discuss things separately. And if you say, well, I can't make any of those time slots, well, if you're a man and you wake up at 6 a.m., there's a time slot there for you too. At Rustler's at 6 a.m., uh, Arnie Blankers and a crew of men have been studying, going through the Bible for years now. They meet every Wednesday at 6 a.m. You can join them. I think you meet in the back, right? Somewhere in the back? Maybe. Just find them. They're there. All right? I've seen them there. I can testify. 
So men and women's Bible studies, word-based ministries that will affect you. Think about life groups. Life groups are where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. We need each other, and we all have a strong sense of belonging that a life group can fill. It gives you people that are part of this body to connect to on a regular basis. It's hard to connect here. I know there's a lot of people here. So who are my people that I can connect with? Well, a life group can fill that need. It gives you people to be part of this body to connect to on a regular basis. Most people, most life group actually work through the life group questions found in the backside of the sermon notes based on the Sunday morning message. So making the sermon, not just something that you get one time, but then you discuss it and try to apply it in your life. So it's not just like I hear it and it's one ear and not the other. It's, it's how do we make this practical? That's what life groups are for, to be there for one another. But the groups also have the autonomy to work through topical studies that might be relevant to the needs of the group. We just ask that they be approved by the elders so we know what you're studying and we can pray for you and support you in any way that we can. Think about this. The date, the time, the duration, the location is all up to the individual groups to decide. We want you to be empowered to do ministry decisions on your own as a life group. And you're like, well, that sounds great. How do I join? And, and that's where the challenge comes in, honestly. Some groups are established with little space available. They're like, we're packed, right? We have everybody that we can have in our group. And some groups have a little bit of room, and they might be able to take one or two. But the best solution, honestly, is for ministry multiplication to happen, right? Instead of joining an existing group, if you have a few friends and acquaintances from FCC, ask them to start a group with you. Hey, Pastor Sean talked about life group. Me and you are friends, and we live, right? So we're like, let's do a life group together, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're not just adding two groups, but we're multiplying ministry potential. Let's, let's get together and, and bring some intentionality into this relationship. Let's do life together. So if you just have some acquaintances, and you just want to get to know people better, ask them to join a group or start a group with you. And if you just want to see if you can get plugged into some existing group, reach out to the church office or one of our elders, Aaron Schiffman, he's here in the building somewhere, um, but reach out to the office somewhere, and we can, we can get you to try to plug into a group. Children's ministry. Um, you know this. Some of you know this. We have teaching time with Pastor Danny. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we do, right? Pastor Danny is our associate pastor, and he oversees primarily student ministry. And once a month, we get our fourth and fifth graders to be dismissed from the service during the children's church time, and they get to become acclimated to his ministry, acclimated into the student ministry and start developing a relationship with Pastor Danny that I guarantee will prove vital in the coming years as they get into sixth, seventh, eighth, and then high school, right? So this usually takes place once a month when we dismiss the younger kids for children's church. And you'll see the slide. It says, teaching time with Pastor Danny. And it's when all the kids get super excited and all the adults really want to go, but you're stuck with me. All right? <laughs> Many of you know that we have Awana. Awana started up this last week. Um, I'm not going to say much more about that because it kind of has a name for itself, but a chance to teach people, these little kids, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ and hide God's word in their heart. And we have these like little small groups that meet every Wednesday night where there's life-on-life proximity with an adult and a leader with, with these little guys and helping them navigate how to follow Jesus in this world. That's a wanna. Many of you know this, Faith Community Church Preschool. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, there's a whoop, whoop. I was waiting for it, right? Faith Community, I'm so excited to get to this part of the message. Listen, Faith Community Church Preschool works as a direct extension of our children's ministry here into the community itself. It's like, hey, let's go out into the community and bring them here. So we're pleased to add Heather Phillips to our team of teachers. 
Kayla Hamster, you got a whoop whoop. Someone up here, I heard it. <laughs> Kayla Hamster and Heather will work with our three-year-olds, and then Melissa Tabor and Debbie Myers will be instructing the four-year-olds this year. And get this, we have more kids enrolled this year than we did last year. So yeah, that's good. So, so here's the thing with that. Let me explain that. Let me break down the demographic a bit. We have 24 kids. Last year we had 18. So do you know what that means? That we, it means we had 33% growth in one year. Small business owners, would you like that? <laughs> right? Hey, 33% growth, right? So get this. Listen, this just hit me this week. Of the 24 kids enrolled, two of them identify FCC as their home church. Nine of them identify other churches in the area of their home church, and 11 list no church affiliation. So nearly 50% of our enrollment is not connected to the local body of Christ, and they are coming here for a Christ-centered education. Amen? Man. Our potential to make disciples grew by 33% last year just through that ministry alone. And even more than that, because each child in that program belongs to a family and has an extended family that undoubtedly will be impacted by what we are teaching their kids. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. People, this may be one of the most important strategic ministries that we can offer the community. So please pray and support them in any way that you can. And before you know it, Christmas will be here. And a few things usher in the season better than a children's Christmas play production. And this year, Leah Calvin will be heading up that ministry, and she might need to tap on some of your shoulders for some assistance. So help her when she comes asking for you. And you can sign up actually for that today in the gym in the coming days as well if your child wants to participate in the children's Christmas play production that will be taking place later on this year. Let's talk about student ministry for a moment. Starting this Wednesday night and then every Wednesday night following this at 6.30 will be a weekly touch point with truth after swimming in a culture of secular seaweed all week long. Our students, junior hires and high schools can come together and, and interact with God's word and experience fellowship, and they need, this time is so critical for them because they've been here, there, and everywhere, and the culture is telling them lies all week long. And so they get this weekly touch point of truth, and Pastor Danny leads a leadership team that has a handful of new leaders this year, and I'm excited about this because he asked for prayer to bring in some new leaders, and these new leaders have been prayed for and sought after, and over the summer months, God has provided some new leaders to the leadership team, and we're just thankful for how the Lord provides. And high school and junior high is going to be studying the book of Esther this semester to trace God's hand there when his name is not present. So student ministry. we got young adult ministry. Frank and Taylor Sprague kind of helped lead this up. They've been going through the book of Romans for a while, and they're going to finish that up in October. And I was just talking with Frank. Frank, are you here somewhere? Maybe. There he is. I was just talking this last week, and I was like, where are you going to go next? And he's like, you know, I'm thinking about doing some Dave Ramsey stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wish that somebody would have grabbed me between the ages of 19 and 24 and taught me some financial principles that honored God and that would set me up for financial freedom to be a blessing to others in the future. Talk about strategic subject matter, 19-year-old to 24-year-olds, do this. I'm, I'm telling you, do this, okay? 
Be involved in this. This is going to set you up to be a blessing in the future. So that's going to be coming. More information will be coming out about that in the coming months as well. Hymn sing. All right. You can tell how excited I am. I love hymn sing. Every other Tuesday, starting on September 19th, we meet at 1030 in the morning in our gym. And we just open up the hymnal and sing. And we open up the Bible and we study. This semester we're going to be studying the acrostic psalms. Um, various Hebrew poets use the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet in order to prompt their thinking and then also symbolically complete their thinking on various matters relating to God and we want to see what they came up with. And so these hymn sing events are so fantastic for building community and bolstering our faith. We drink coffee, sometimes we have treats. Each week we sing from the hymnal and we study from the Bible and then some people even go to lunch afterwards. It's a great time to connect with truth midweek. And so these are just some of our regularly scheduled ministry opportunities. I'm sure I missed some of them, but these are kind of the big ones that we want to let you know about. And I want to tell you just a few other special ministry opportunities that I'm super excited about. And then we're going to finish up our message time today. Biblical counseling. Okay? Many of you know that we have partnered with the Biblical Counseling Center in Chicago this past year. And we've actually participated in their launch program to train up some lay counselors in our church and in our community. And we know that many people in our church and in our community are suffering alone and they're wondering if anybody really cares about that. And we know that the body of Christ ought to care for one another, but so often we feel inadequate or we fear giving some sort of wrong answer and we want to help, but we don't know how. And God calls each of us, every single one of us, to engage with those around us with hope and help and truth. Biblical counseling, training, it actually teaches you to engage with those who are hurting with grace-filled conversations. And so we wanted to get trained up. We wanted to train up some people to learn how to have these conversations. And honestly, every, I'm telling you, every single one of you would benefit from going through this training. You know, I did a pastoral studies degree. I did a master's of divinity degree. And I felt like I was not equipped to have conversations with people who were coming to me from my congregation. And I had to outsource them to other people. And then I did ACBC, and I became a certified biblical counselor. And now I have a little bit more confidence into having conversations with people about just normal life problems. So I want to actually commission some biblical counselors to us today. So if you're here in present, I want you to stand up. First of all, we have Tim Smith. We have Helen Martin. We have Garrett Camp. We have Erica Berdan and Jan Swanson. If you are present, if you could please stand up. And everybody just take a, take a glance at them. All right. And please remain standing for a moment because I'm going to ask you to stand because I want people to see the work that you've put into this, okay? Um, these people have completed their lay counseling certification process that we offered as a church this last year. What does that mean? This is what it means. 60 lessons taught and facilitated by 12 experienced counselors completed. 60. That's a lot. Lots of course reading required and completed along the way, right? Along the way, they completed homework assignments, practical change assignments, commented on actual case studies that were presented. They finished the foundations of biblical counseling course. They interacted and with actual recorded counseling sessions and then had to comment on them. And they worked through a whole host of issues in the contemporary issues class. Listen to this. Fear. Anxiety, 
anger, marriage and communication, obsessive compulsive disorder, bipolar behaviors, self-harm and cutting, PTSD, sexual idolatry and sexual dysfunction. These are the problems that are plaguing our community and now we have people that have some level of training on these topics that they might be used of God to have conversations with people who are hurting so that they might be led into the pathway of freedom using truth from this word that is promised not to return void if it's rightly divided. Amen? Thank you so much, Erica and Jan and Tim and Helen and Garrett. Did I miss somebody? No? I know there's others that are still working through the process. You can go ahead and be seated. But these people have formally earned a formal certificate from the Biblical Counseling Center in Chicago, which serves as a certified counseling center for the national organization called the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. And we pray that the Lord would use each of them to disciple, to counsel, and to encourage others with God's word. Let's thank the Lord for these people. And I want to pray real quick for them. God, we thank you for these individuals that have given themselves to the study of your word to become more competent in the way that they care for one another in our congregation and in our community. God, I pray that you would help them recall what they've learned. And God, I pray that they would go back to their notes over and over again, that they'd continue on in their education to learn how to have these conversations with people. This is a massive, massive win, not just for our church, but for our community. And so God, I thank the Lord for these people that have put this work into it. And we now commission them into the service of the greater kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Just one more little plug for that. I, I had exit interviews with everybody that went through the training and just kind of asked them, you know, what were some of the big impacts that they got? And this is what I heard. One of them said to me, you know what? I asked what the biggest impact would be. This person said, it's going to make me a better Awana leader. And I'm like, oh my goodness. We don't need to create some giant new formal counseling center we need to get somebody who's better equipped to have conversations with young people around a table every Wednesday night it made that person a better Awana leader one person said I personally grew like I whether or not this translates anywhere else I I I know how my heart is doing now one said I know a lot better how to interact with my own family members who doesn't need those things right So now we're going to start the second iteration of training, and right now we have seven or eight that are interested so far, and we're going to be relaunching here in a few weeks. And let me tell you, it is a commitment. It's actually the equivalent of a three-credit-hour postgraduate-level class and workload. So think about three to five hours a week. And it's three to five hours a week that will be completely worth it. The cost is about $300. If cost is an issue, let the church know, and we'll see what we can do to scholarship some of it or all of it for you. And you can find out more information by scanning the QR code in the back of your bulletin. And if you're interested, reach out to Erica or myself this week because we really want to get this second iteration of launch started right away. And along with that, I also want to let you know about a fantastic opportunity for growing as a disciple who makes disciples that will be taking place only 10 miles south of our campus It's the Heart Matters Counseling Conference that's held annually at Spring Creek Bible Church in North Bellingham. You don't have to be a biblical counselor to attend this thing. You will benefit from it just by going. This is a conference to unite and encourage and equip biblical counselors in the Pacific Northwest and the lower mainland British Columbia. This year they're actually going to bring in this rock star 
caliber speaker and one scrub off the street, all right? The rock star caliber speaker, his name is Dr. John D. Street. He's going to be speaking on getting to the heart of conflict. He's going to hit on topics of repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, and humility. Dr. Street is a professor of biblical counseling at the Master's University and Seminary. He serves as the chairman of the Master of Arts and Biblical Counseling Program. He also served for 22 years as a church planter and pastor in Ohio. And so for $40, you can sit under this guy's teaching for two full days. All right? Totally worth it. And the scrub they're bringing in off the street is this guy. All right? I get to teach a one-hour breakout session on Saturday afternoon that no one will probably come to. All right? But uh, there's a QR code on the back of your bulletin that you can scan if you're interested in going to that conference, which I highly recommend for everybody, all right? And finally, we have a week-long ministry opportunity that's coming up on October 1st through the 7th that I'm so thrilled to tell you about starting today, and we're going to talk more about it in the coming weeks. Um, We're actually going to partner with an organization called Love Life, which exists to unite and mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life that will result in an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. And so on the week of October 1 through 7, this is what we're actually going to be participating in as a church. Go ahead and watch this video. Psalm 139, 13 and 16 say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God's love for the preborn children in your city is abundantly clear. The Love Life journey is about aligning our hearts with His. This week, we'll follow four simple steps. Hear, pray, go, and connect. Here, on your Sunday launch, you'll hear about what God's Word says about life, the tragic truth about abortion, and the effect it has on your city. The leading cause of death in our nation is not gang violence, car accidents, or cancer. It's abortion. There are 17,000 abortions performed every week, some up to the day of birth. One in four women and men will have an abortion in their lifetime. 54% of women who have had an abortion identify as Christian. Pray. Once we are confronted about the tragic truth, our hearts will be moved to action. We will spend the entire week calling on God to rescue and redeem. Wednesday, we will fast and pray as one body of believers all across the nation. Go. Saturday morning, we will join together for a prayer walk. We will meet at your city's starting location. Be sure to arrive early and check in when you get there. Blue Prayer Walk t-shirts will be available for a donation of any amount. We will gather together for a time of worship, prayer, and instruction, and then start our walk to the abortion center to pray. We will peacefully intercede on behalf of the women, men, and children inside. You won't be protesting, arguing, or engaging with anyone. We would love to create a family environment, so your children are more than welcome to join. Connect. We desire not only to encourage moms to choose life, but we want to help the church build a network of support for them as they continue their journey. Connections is an opportunity to stay on the mission field beyond your adoption week. At the end of the prayer walk, you will be given an opportunity to serve in a variety of ways if you feel called to. Life discipleship. Befriend, equip, and do life with the moms and dads who choose life. Sidewalk outreach. 
Hold out hope for the hopeless as they come to the abortion center. Orphan Care. Give lonely children a godly home or support a family who has. Restored life. Help men and women who have had abortions find healing and restoration. We are so glad to be partnering with you in this 40-week journey of hope. Join us in believing that God can and will bring life to your city. So we're really excited about the opportunity to partner with this organization called Love Life and to help us get involved in important matters in our city. Um, I was just talking to a community leader down in Bellingham. That's where our prayer walk will be taking place. And uh, she had mentioned to me, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that bring awareness to this issue, right? And she said to me, she's like, I love it when I see the blue shirts show up. I love it when I see love life show up because they do it well. They do it with taste. They do it really in a God-honoring way. And I was introduced to this ministry last spring and actually had the opportunity to participate in a prayer walk and saw firsthand the effectiveness of having a peaceful and prayerful presence surrounding a local abortion clinic. And I say this with great pastoral care for all of you that are here, right? This is about rescuing and redeeming. So I want to say that with sensitivity with who's watching and listening online and in here, like God can redeem anything in our lives, beauty from ash. And so I just want to make sure you hear that and we'll speak more tenderly about it in the coming weeks to come. But those involved in the prayer walk did not engage anyone who had an appointment with the clinic. We entrusted those interactions to those who had completed the sidewalk outreach intensive training program that Love Life provides. We're not going to be going through that, but I'll talk about those of you that might want to get involved in that. Some of you may want to consider getting trained to engage in those conversations, and if the Lord is prompting you, I want to let you know that there's actually a very unique opportunity that you have to be trained by some of the very best in the business. On September 28th and 29th, Daniel Parks and Vicky Case. Cassiorg, sorry, it's hard to say that last name, will be here from North Carolina to do some intensive training for those that actually want to be involved in the sidewalk ministry in the future. In the back of your bulletin, there's a QR code for that. You can sign up. You don't even know the church office, no. Just sign up, and they will train you on the 28th and 29th. But for the rest of us that choose to participate, we will be a peaceful, prayerful presence that Saturday. The adoption week looks like this. I'm going to be preaching on issues of life on October 1st. On Wednesday, we're going to call in the congregation to pray and fast. 24 hours of prayer dedicated to this issue. And we have some really fun ideas about how to utilize the prayer chapel for that. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. On Saturday, we're going to attend a short worship gathering down at uh, North County Christ the King in Bellingham. And then we will be led out on a prayer walk outside of Planned Parenthood. So more information will be coming out in the upcoming weeks for that. So here's the question. Why? Why do we offer all of these things? Why, why did you sit through the extended infomercial? Well, we stress every member ministry here. If you come here, you're important. Many, many, many of you are involved to some capacity around here, and you have been for years, but there's many, many, many of you that have just started coming around here over the years in the last months, and we want to let you know about these opportunities. And they're all of them here are because they are the practical outworkings of why we exist in the first place. So look at this, and then we're going to close. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says this, For what we proclaim is not ourselves. We're not about FCC. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We proclaim and we serve. 
we proclaim. It's the word keruso. It means to publicly announce, to herald. What we publicly announce is not ourselves. Instead, we proclaim something about someone else. This church isn't built on a cult of personality or who comes here. That's not it. The cornerstone of this church is the stone that the builders rejected. And so we're going to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. We proclaim Jesus. We proclaim the one whose very name means he will save his people from their sins. We proclaim Christ, the anointed one of God who was promised from long ago and who has promised to come again. And we proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the one who demonstrated supernatural authority over all of his creation to the degree to the degree that he even defeated death by rising from the dead. So FCC is not about any one of us. It's about Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen? And since Jesus Christ the Lord has supreme prominence here, then it's logical that this connection would follow. If he is Lord, then we're servants. And if you look closely at the text, you will realize that we're not servants of Christ It's interesting, in this text, we know that Paul was a servant of Christ, but in this text, Paul says that he is a servant of the Corinthians. He is a doulos. He is the word, it's the word from which we get the idea of being a slave or a bondservant. Paul says that he identifies himself as being in a perpetual state of being completely controlled by something that exists outside of himself. And here he says that he is subservient to and controlled by the needs of the Corinthians. This is amazing. We see that he is a servant of Christ elsewhere in the New Testament, but in this passage, he identifies himself as a servant of others. And he did this, why? Because that's what Jesus had done for him. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you stick around here, this is what we are ultimately committed to doing. We proclaim Christ and we serve others Because FCC is a fellowship of disciples who makes and matures more disciples. This is our ambition. Let's pray. God, we desire that all these word-based ministries would, would come to people as advertised, that it really would work to change and shape them and conform them into the image of Christ. We know there's a lot of things to cover, and there's more things that we're even on uh, on the, uh, the sermon outline here, but... Um, We pray that in all these things that you'd be honored and glorified. I pray that we would see that you are a great God worthy to be praised. And so as we join our voices together with these last little medley of songs, and as we eat together in a time of fellowship afterwards, may you be honored and glorified.